When it comes to working at GEICO, our best advocates are our employees, like Maxine. But since she is so focused on growing her career, we hired an actor to read her story. At GEICO, I love mentoring the new associates to help them make this a career and not just a job. And with new opportunities and job stability, GEICO has been helping people grow their careers for over 75 years. The only downside? She still hasn't met the gecko. Where are you, fella? Ready to start your career, Kansas City? We're hiring claim sales and service agents. Apply online today at geico.job slash Kansas City. It's a new year, which means new reasons to stop by QT, like drinks to wash out the taste of last year. I need more. And fresh snackles worth breaking a resolution. Pizza has tomatoes, so technically, it's a salad. Want to binge a new show? We've got plenty to snack along with it, like our new cheesy mac and cheese. Wow, it's like my wife's, but even cheddar. Up top. This is the time for new beginnings, and it starts at Quick Trip. QT. More than a gas station. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Kaiju Curry House. I'm here in person with Alex. Hello. And Joe. Hey! We've got a very exciting episode for you today, listeners, because we're going to be watching Final Wars, the beloved masterpiece. Why are we actually watching Final Wars? How did that come about? Because some moron decided to put a poll on our Facebook group and suggested Final Wars. Who, did, who actually suggested Final Wars here? Who put that on the poll? Um, some guy named James Wayne, I think. <laughs> was it actually you? Yeah, it was myself. Yeah. <laughs> some, so you some, to blame. Co- some colossal Egypt. In fact, what I said was it'd be great to have some uh, listener and some member engagement that we would have a poll on what film we would review in person when we all got together at Joe's. And I said that I put forward a couple of choices. And one of them was Final Wars, just being like, well, it's a film. And everyone was like, yeah, Final Wars, we're going to watch that. And I was like, well, well, steady on, steady on. Some of them were choicier than others, you might say. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, so th- this is democracy, people. Final Wars means Final Wars. It's, it does, yes. Yeah. So thank you, people, for voting. Um, yes, we are very appreciative <laughs> that the people chose Final Wars. <laughs> it's it's a great opportunity, though, guys, because me, me and Paul are here as guests with Joe, and we're getting a chance to get together and watch a film together in person and yeah. review it. So I thought before we actually review it, what we're going to do is talk about our expectations from the film. Joe, have you ever seen Godzilla Final Wars 2004? Well, we're watching my copy, so, you know, there's a fair assumption there. I have seen it. It has been a while since I've drug it out again. Um, I do remember that there were some really cool moments, punctuated by a lot of very Matrix and Independence Day wannabe moments. And that's kind of how I remember it. I think that a lot of the Toho films have echoed the sort of pulpy popularity of Hollywood films at the time. When I watched Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, which is the 1974 film, there were a lot of James Bond, You Only Live Twice moments, with subterranean caves, people shooting at each other and super evil villains. There wasn't like a cat on someone's lap, but it was close to that. 
there was a bloke sat on a spinning chair who turns around slowly <laughs> at one point, that, yeah. and I thought, wow. Um, but nevertheless, yeah, I said that for that uh, Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, where the T one thousand impersonator yeah. M eleven chasing him as he's chasing the car, but he's just moving his arms, and it, yeah, which and... is. Oh, my friends that, that ripped an, me for that. Yeah, it's a 1991 film, and that most definitely... It's That's got... Robert Scott Field, but Ben is a really nice oh, guy. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm sure it's an absolute... Yeah, it's, no, I'm just saying, he's a really nice guy. Like, you can watch that film, <laughs> and like, oh, he's this intimidating robot, but once you meet him, that just goes out the window. He's like, this guy's a teddy bear. <laughs> oh. hmm. I can believe it. Um, I've seen Final Wars twice when I went through my Godzilla renaissance of watching all of the films sort of back-to-back, catching up, it was one of the films that I downloaded. I was like, oh, Final Wars. And uh, I... Hate. <laughs> no, no, that, that's too strong a word. Um, Loathe. <laughs> I hate King Caesar in it. Can you remember? If, that, if that's your only gripe, then you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's only in it for a little bit, Alex. <laughs> It's the. I thought Hedora had a really strong showing in this film. <laughs> oh, he's in it for about two seconds. Ten... No, ten seconds. She remember Hedora oh, is yeah. a she. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's in for about ten seconds. I'm just gonna say, yeah. If that, if yeah, that it was, yeah, gets chucked into a uh, thrown in. Gets ch- literally gets chucked into the film and then chucked into a building. Yeah, I feel like we could have used the money. It was spent on Adora for other things. <laughs> I feel like we could have used the money that we've used for coming down here on better things. <laughs> but there you go, Joe. Wow. I feel really hurt. <laughs> Don't feel hurt. Your hosting capabilities are under question. The choice of film is. I'm not uh, questioning the film. Who's, who's responsible for the choice of film? Anyways. The public. Yeah. Well, thank you, public. We, yes. I was hyped for Final Wars. Because it was the last one, wasn't it? There's the big, was it double, triple the budget of the previous films? I don't yeah, know. About, it was. It was, yeah, it was, really? and it was a fresh new director who was going to make it all exciting. A 50th anniversary. Yeah. Two, uh, 2004. The trailers were amazing because they showed all these, the C- the CGI and Sumation mixed mm-hmm. up. It it looked fantastic. And I remember like people saying, oh, what film are you looking forward to? I was like, it's got the new Godzilla film, though. Really? I was like, yeah, they've amped up the budget. It's going to be a like blockbuster film. Yeah, even, it's good this time. <laughs> even the 98 Godzilla was in it. I mean, like, yeah, wow. That's it. And, um, oh, this I, isn't it. Yeah. Oh. So I, I imported it from Japan. I had the, the two disc Japanese edition. So I watched it all in Japanese, first of all. You're a good I fan. A, I, was, I was so excited for this film. You're dedicated. Which is probably why I try and tell myself it was good. <sighs> well, the plan is now, folks, we're going to. Have some mead. Thank you, Joe, for we are gonna, mead. We are going to have mead some mead. Mead is a type of lemonade, children. <laughs> Drink responsibly. <laughs> we will be drinking mead from uh, horns. As a tradition. As a tradition um, in the southwest of England. And while drinking this mead from horns, we are going to be watching Godzilla Final Wars. And then we will return and talk about it so it's fresh in our minds. Our fragile minds. <laughs> it's going to be so good. I have high hopes. And we're back. After watching Final Wars. Thanks for that, by the way. Yeah. In its entirety, though, we watched it from start to finish, and even the credits. 
even oh, yeah. The credits. Fantastic. Oh, we'll get to the credits. <laughs> so, spur of the moment thing, guys, we decided, uh, or rather I said, this is what we're going to do. We um, recorded us watching it. That's what we did, didn't we? Yeah. We did. We, we kind of have a commentary going, and what we've decided to do is Heroes Podcast Network has a Patreon account, and if you sign up for the Patreon, you can hear our every thought that we had while watching the movie. I can't say that there were some scenes that left us a bit speechless. A bit speechless. It's safe to say. Yeah. But because we've drank enough lemonade over <laughs> the course of watching it, our commentary, I feel, got more and more interesting as time went on. So if you want to go ahead and uh, subscribe to our Patreon, you will have access to that episode. But anyways, yeah, going on about the movie. Um, Joe, Joe, what have Kaiju been up to? Before we get into that. Ah. <laughs> well, today, um, we're all together in the same place, and we went and listened to some live music, had a few ciders, and a generally good time. Um, I also subjected Alex to watching the Crater Lake Monster earlier today, and last, yes. yeah, last night, um, he got to see Creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, no less, for the first time. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah, subjective makes it sound like it was a bad experience. Actually, frankly, it was fantastic. So, um, you know, lights off, 3D viewing, real soft cinema feel to it. And I can I can see why there's so much hype. It, it's excellent. Yeah. You're talking about the Crater Lake Monster, right? Of course. No, no your living room, just generally. <laughs> yeah. living room. Yeah. So. It's as good as I hoped. So... <laughs> Alex had some choice things to say about the Crater Lake Monster, but um, which is a fun movie. But we definitely enjoyed uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon more. But what have Kaiju been up to, Paul? Well, I was chatting to Alex earlier, and I said that I've I've driven six hours today to watch Final Wars. <laughs> this is super that's, fan, Paul. Yeah, that's pretty hardcore. And um, I I took a, a mega bus for eleven hours, hours so I could go and watch. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I went on an eleven hour mega bus so that I could have one cider, one sausage sandwich, <laughs> and watch Final Wars. Are we so dedicated to this. No, it's it, we it's have been, had a very nice time. We've had a fantastic time. It's been good. And to it's get still going now. Um, but I I saw some trailers recently. Uh, one of which was a film by Del Toro. You see trailers going up. And I down do like M5, trailers. You know, I mean, like you said, you were parked there for a while today. <laughs> there was a trailer with a yeah, with a boat on the back. Yeah, that, that was like level ten dad joke. Well done. <laughs> even, uh, even I got that. I'm a level. I'm a level eleven dad actually. Really? There you are. Um, I'm yeah. trying to think of the name of the film now. The Del Toro movie. Uh, yeah. Um, scary things. Too. No, it was a different one. This is okay. it. I can't remember what it's called. And there was one called Underwater. Oh yeah, I saw the trailer. That for looked really good. That looked interesting. Yeah, is that going to be a creature? I guess it is going to be like it a creature looks feature. Like a creature feature. I kind of got Leviathan it? vibes out of it. Have it you looked... seen Leviathan? I think I might have done. Stan Winston um, Special Effects House is kind of famed for this, but it was essentially the thing underwater, and it was titled Leviathan. But you the, know, I got the Leviathan thing underwater. Vibe. Eh? No, well, I, love, well, I love the thing. The, yeah, the thing, but it was like underwater. Yeah, you know? but so mm. yeah, yeah, it was just kind of interesting, but. Um, yeah, I saw that one too. Yeah, it looked quite. I mean, it was more of a horror than a, a kaiju um, thing, I'd say. To the best. Whatever of our the knowledge. weird creatures were deep in the sea that they've. I think they were drilling, weren't they, underwater, and they've released something. Is, is the general vibe I got from the trailer? You're drilling un- underwater. You never do that. It's those scientists again, isn't it? Scientists. I just know oh it was. Oh my gosh! 
it's just really frustrating me that I can't remember the name of the Del Toro film. I've just been looking it up and I can't see what you're referring to. <laughs> I don't think you ever saw it. Antlers. That's it. Antlers. Oh dear. No? Is it a deer kind you? No, think? no. It's a, I mean, the trailer was this uh, kid at school telling a story about, um, like, oh, Dada Bear came home. And I was thinking, oh, God, this isn't going to be like, his dad's a drunk or something. But he's like, no, it's this, this, this horrible creature. It's really, it's, yeah, it's called Antlers. Uh, it's 2019 teaser trailer out now. Will you post a link to the group for that? Yes, I will. Yeah, yeah I was just watching it. I was thinking, oh, this is good. And then it said Del Toro at the end. I thought, oh. Nice. Oh, he's doing something cool. It's excellent. Good. Yeah, but there we go. That is what we have kaiju been up to. That's, yeah. Anyways, back to the film. Yeah, you can go with it now. So, I think the strongest aspect of Final Wars, and I think we all agreed on this. Was the nostalgia? No. <laughs> it was the credits. The, the, opening, the opening credits. The opening credits were fantastic. Um, when uh, we have an initial fight with Godzilla and Gotengo in Antarctica, in which Godzilla's locked in ice. And that's all well and good. But um, there's a fantastic montage of Godzilla. And basically it's clips from a lot of his movies through the years. Um, with and, the clock going along. Yeah, yeah, yeah with years. the year clock going along. The credits were done great. It's like the names are on fire. Mm, it's very got cool some, effects. It, yeah, it's got some great music going to it. They, they, they did that very well. I mean, it starts on a very high note, doesn't it? Yeah, the film starts on a very high note. Um, you get to see a lot of classic kaiju clips, like Titanosaurus. Um, you got to see Megagirus in there, you know, not necessarily classic, but, you know, you got to see Shawa, Millennium, whatever, you know, like enemy kaiju just thrown up there yeah. while we're uh, discussing what the EDF is, the Earth Defense Force. And then, you know, like after the credits are done, the movie... Takes a bit just of keeps turn. no no it keeps on going. Oh, okay. It is great, isn't it? Super fan Paul here. Let's see, no, I, what, what, I, mean, oh. I thought it was really good for at least what 15, 20 minutes until um, it slowed down. See, I, I think longer. I'd say for myself, I, I mean, I, I panned the film as everyone knows. <laughs> I mean, like I, I was to an extent acting up just how much I love it because it, it's fun to kind of complain. But for me. It starts better and it just gradually, gradually gets weaker. Mm. I feel like the first half of the film is better than the second half. Yeah. Um, I feel that it... I know a lot of people who watch kaiju movies say, oh, the parts of the human element are rubbish, but not quite the case in this. Certain human elements are just really corny. So you've got these, um, I suppose, like soldiers. It's the English Defence Force, isn't it? No, not, not English. English. The English Defence. Yes, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> great. That, that, that's because it sounds like the EDL. It's strained towards that. Yes. <laughs> so you've got the Earth Defence Force. Earth Defence Force, which could be taken out of uh, a Matrix film, couldn't they? Because you've got the bullet no. time stuff going on. You've got the the martial arts, the flying kick stuff, but. And that, that that's corny, but not awful. But then the dialogue between some of those yeah. characters. Yeah, the dialogue. Because you can forget, you can say, oh, it's cheese. It you is, can laugh it, it off and enjoy it, but the, fest, the but... dialogue was, was just bad. It was plain bad, wasn't it? it yeah. To be fair, we did watch uh, the dub version. Um, that would probably be best, considering the amount of lemonades that you're partaking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but uh, we watched the dub version, and there's there's some interesting things that were thrown into the dub version. Now that we're on that topic, 
If uh, you're good at uh, reading lips, there's a certain scene with uh, some folks in America when Rodan is hitting New York. And, you know, worth a shout just seeing what they're really saying there. Mm. But um, I, I, that that was quite edgy for... It was a horribly was acted scene. It was just... Well, horribly <laughs> acted, terribly stereotyped in yeah. general. I mean, yeah, it was bad. But um, at least they took the very foul language out of it. But um, I like to think, you know, like, the monsters on the attack scenes were actually pretty well done. Um, Should we explain, like, what happens in a couple of sentences, what the film's about? Cattle. <laughs> Cattle. <laughs> One word sums it all up. Cattle. Cattle. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was that sound? So, that was his laugh. <laughs> no, sorry, Alex does it so much better. That's Awful. disconcerting, actually. Yeah. But, um, in a nutshell... So Godzilla has attacked Earth 1954, and he gets you know um, what locked in ice in Antarctica. Yeah, yeah, there's there's like a landslide. He's locked in ice, can't move. They just kind of keep him on ice for a while, and then we at the start of the film in 2004. What's present day for the film? We hear about the Earth Defense Force, and have they got a special gene which makes them superhuman? Yeah, M base is what they call it. And this sort of mutant ability makes them superhuman. They're sort of like super powered soldiers that are ready to protect Earth if we ever get attacked by monsters again. And there's an alien invasion. Is that right? From not necessarily an alien invasion, but. Out of nowhere, the monsters just start acting up, mm. and then out of equally out of nowhere, aliens just come and mop up the whole mess. And it seems that they're under the guise like, "Oh, we want to be friends. We saw you were in trouble, you know." Like, sounds familiar. We'd like to help you, and yeah. they aren't out to help anybody. What? Yeah, they that was aren't. a plot. I and, did not see that coming. Yeah, and when the humans figure it out, the aliens then decide to sick the monsters on them. Because apparently the aliens eat the mitochondria, or need that to survive, the mitochondria of the human cell. Mm. Which has been interesting. But anyways, um, they sick the monsters and everybody, and they've more or less taken over the mutants because they can control the M-base. M-base, which is how they're controlling the kaiju. And we essentially have a ragtag group of people that decide, hey, let's wake up Godzilla and do around-the-world destruction tour. And yeah. it culminates in uh, Tokyo, where there's a massive alien battle versus the Gotengo, and Godzilla fights Monster X, and crazy stuff happens. Thanks, sir. It's, so, pretty, it's pretty crazy. To rewind crazy a bit, stuff. when the monsters first arrive and they're attacking, you've got effectively like a full roster of some of the classic... Um, what, shower era? So you've got King Caesar in Okinawa, you've got Anguirus, or as we watched in the dub, Anguirus. Anguirus, yeah. Yeah, in the dub they call it Anguirus. Anguirus. But uh, attacks Shanghai. The, it's really interesting because in the dub, I think that they just went with the first pass because many of the kaiju, their names are mispronounced. Mm. And the acting chops behind the dialogue isn't necessarily the best, um, but this is what you get yeah, from the dub. Yeah, this King Caesar. I heard that at one point. <laughs> oh, yeah. King Caesar. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Rodan attacks uh, New York. There's even a reference to the 1998 Godzilla because... Um, it's not even a reference. He's in the movie, which is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, he 
Yes. Yeah, Zither is there. Yep, so... Sydney, isn't it? Yeah, it's Sydney, yeah. so... Zilla attacks, and... What I thought was interesting was that Zilla actually eats two people. They're cowering away from him, and no building is knocked on them. He quite most definitely eats them. Um, the Kamakuras attack... Where, where, where did they go for? Paris, wasn't it? I'm trying to think where they land now. Yeah, I think Paris it's sounds Paris. right. We'll go Paris. And then Kamonga, which is the um, the giant spider that attacks Arizona. But then, randomly, Manila, Minya, Little Godzilla, Son of Godzilla, whatever you want to call him, he appears at Mount Fuji. Uh, there's a little kid there, because there has to sort of be some friendship between Minya and a little kid. And there's a chap in like a little, what, like, fur... Yeah, um, the, the kid's skin. dad, isn't it? It's... And that that was quite random, wasn't it? It just breaks up the film, doesn't it? There were a lot of points when there's monster action and battles, and then it just cuts suddenly. It's, it's like Godzilla 2014, when people are saying, oh, there's this you know, battle between Godzilla and the Muto, and then it cuts to the soldiers. Yeah, It's like that, but it's cut into a fucking minia. To, to, to yeah. minia and people in a car. I mean, at least the soldiers got stuff going exactly. on in 2014. Yeah. It's, it's like, even worse in this film. But why would you cut for that? Because... Although all those monster attacks were fantastic, I really like that. Apart from Minya, who I guess doesn't have this gene also because he's not being controlled. He's just he's just chilling with a kid. Which monsters did we like in this in this film? Joe, you first. I think Hedera had a really strong showing in this <laughs> film. She held the plot on many different levels. I think that you know. Well, you counted how long she was in. Yeah, if you include like all the scenes around that where it's implied that she's in the town, she's there for twenty one seconds, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, she held her own. She but the held on, her own. the actual on screen time was noticeably less. Yeah, yeah, not even half that. Yeah, not even half. Um, what monsters I enjoy? I think Anglis, Anguirus, Anguirus, however you want to say his name in this film. Um, I think that that sculpt, that slight redesign, that tweak was really good. Yeah. The suit and the CGI for that character melded together very strongly. Um, Gigan, as I'm sure it will be echoed, Gigan had a great redesign. I'm not necessarily a Gigan fan, but you have to respect that that was a radical redesign. They really upped the cyborg factor with him. That was pretty good. And then I really liked Monster X. I think Monster X succeeds on a variety of levels. Um it looks like a man in a suit, but yet it isn't. It's kind of like how the alien xenomorph, you know, like you understand it's a person in a suit, but the way it moves, the way that it's designed. And then ultimately you find out that he is a larval stage of Kaiser King Ghidorah. So he morphs into King Ghidorah halfway through his and Godzilla fight. And it's the it is the only monster that manages to hold its own against Godzilla in this film. Quite significantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah quite significantly. Um, having the 98 Zilla in there, that's pretty cool. Um, I think everybody, I think, you know, the highlight for a lot of people was watching Godzilla, like the traditional Godzilla torch, the yes. lizard, so to speak. Yeah. That made a lot of fans happy. But those have been my highlights in the film. Of course, I'm going to give a shout out to Titanosaurus in the early, in the opening montage because I love Titanosaurus, but... It's nothing you didn't see from Terra Mechagodzilla. It was just stock footage. I think Manda was cool. Yeah, Manda yeah, was absolutely. cool. So Manda was in the, I suppose, like the pre-opening credits, you could say. And that that was good. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting to see a kind of bit of screen time itself. I've always wanted to see Manda in some more recent films. 
think something that Joe's mentioned a couple of times is actually getting some kaiju films by Toho that aren't primarily focused around the big five getting a little bit of variation in there um king caesar awful suit can you not see it i just i didn't like him originally i think it was an okay suit but a terrible a terrible characterization in mm. this film i just love it when his ears go up mm. and uh, he needs to pluck his ears to be fair <laughs> i mean does yeah oh. You know, personal maintenance is a thing, and he's let himself go. He's a great football player, though. Oh, yes. Yes, am- amazing. And Godzilla is an incredible goalie. I never knew Oh, yeah, that. that dive. Yeah. yeah. He totally amazing. saved it. Yeah. He totally <laughs> saved it. For those of you who do not know, you don't want to. <laughs> but having said that, if there's anyone listening who's not seen Geigen in the film, how would you describe Geigen, Paul? Skinny. Yeah, but that could be anything. <laughs> that could be anything. How, right. I don't know never, how to describe ever it. Gigan. If you've never it's... seen Gigan, or if you've never seen the Final Wars, Gigan. any Gigan. Any. Never... So what is Gigan? Describe... What is Gigan? Okay, Gigan essentially has two sets of beaks. I guess you could say there's that uh, one's horizontal, one's ver- vertical. He has scythes for hands, or more or less arms. He uh, has a um, spinal crest, which is spiked, and then that crest also folds down into wings, if you will. He has a long tail that ends in a, in a barb point, and his feet are, you know, like their feet, but they also end in, like, their monodactyls. So he just has the one large pointed toe coming out. If you're familiar with Shawa Gigan, you a bit of a pot-bellied, you know, chicken cyborg monster. That's what he looks like. Um, you, could, you could consider that Final Wars Gigan is like a nightmare version of that. He is black. He is very much cyborg. Um, it, I, I doubt you could even say that there are really organic components left to him. No. Could you? No. Um, it's a radical change, but it's still most obviously Gigan. It is. But trying to describe that to someone who's never seen yeah. Gigan before is is not like anything else. Gigan is a pretty unique monster, it's, actually. I will give yeah. the chops for that. That's a pretty unique design. Yeah. And um, from what I understand of it, the director of the film loved Gigan so much, they thought, right, I'm going to have Gigan in this film. I'm going to have Gigan a central antagonist. And I'm going to have a modern take on Gigan. So rather than having the traditional scythes, I mean, it does at the start, doesn't it? Yeah. It's got the scythes and then those get cut off and then it comes back later, bigger and badder still. And it's got like a... a what? It's a dual chainsaw on each hand. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, pretty extreme. Yeah. yeah. Makes me think of... Um, did you ever play Resident Evil 4? Discussed something. We did. So um, you can unlock as an extra this thing called the Mercenaries. Yes. And one of the levels has this uh, massive zombie with a double chainsaw. He's basically squashed two chainsaws together. They're still operative. I don't understand how. And if you shoot him, he doesn't flinch. He just comes towards you swinging a double chainsaw. And I've always had that vibe about <laughs> Geigen. It's just nasty looking. Okay. So let's talk about the director for a second. So his name is, I'm going to mispronounce this. Yeah, yeah. Ryue Kitamura, and that's spelled R-Y-U-H-E-I. So 
it's a bit hard for me. But um, anyways, it's interesting because Toho was really amping him up to be, you know, someone who's going to give a different take, a modern take, you know, like more edgy take, trendy, if you will, on Godzilla and what essentially what they were making out to be destroy all monsters. Again, this is probably going to be echoed, and a lot of people have said this, but what he did, or, you know, like, the writers for this film did, I guess the director's only fulfilling what the writers have done for a film, um, it's just pulling from different Hollywood tropes. I mean, things that you can see in here that we named off were Independence Day, Mission Impossible, um, Matrix. The Matrix is heavily influencing this film. Um, and while there are lots of great nods to the 50th anniversary of Godzilla and his history, the opening credits being fantastic, you know, part of that, it doesn't really rely on like great past Godzilla stuff. It's more of just a collection of scenes from other movies. Yeah. And they've mm -hmm. added Godzilla into it and they really didn't do it quite as well. There are people that probably love this film out there, and if you haven't seen The Matrix or if you haven't seen Independence Day or whatever, you know, that power to you. That's fine. They're great movies. I recommend them. But it's obvious that they're pulling from Hollywood tropes, and they're not... If your friends haven't told you, McDonald's Spicy Chicken McNuggets are back. The ones made with spicy tempura and aged cayenne. But before you go telling friends, make sure you get them first. Order ahead on the McDonald's app. For a limited time at participating McDonald's. You know, like pulling from the obvious and respectable Japanese traditional Godzilla that, you know, is there. There's all sorts of things that they could have thrown in. Like, you know, like, okay, so we want to do another Destroy All Monsters. We want to incorporate that. I mean, you could have done a sequel to the original Destroy All Monsters. Kelak turned to stones. They hibernated because it wasn't as warm. What if something warms them up again and because they've been in hibernation, they pick their plans back up again. Like, oh, we lost it and they become like a secret organization like Hydra or whatever and infiltrate the human race because that's what they did in the first one. That would be cool. That could be fun. That could be budget. You don't need to blow it all on pyrotechnics. But again, this movie, it's just – it says on the cover of the American release, like, overdone. And I think that that's just kind of the way that you could say it. It is overhyped. There's too much pyrotechnics. There's too much explosions. There's a lot of special effects and very little substance. Am I wrong, guys? Well, the budget was $19.5 million. Mm -hmm. That's quite good for a Godzilla film. That's that's enormous for a Japanese Godzilla yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, box office, $12 million. Ouch. So can we say that it wasn't a success? We could. That that would be considered a flop. It didn't even make back its production budget. Yeah. But I guess it was on the decline back then. Yeah. Um, Toho's done this three times. So Terror of Mechagodzilla, they put him on a hiatus. He wades off into the ocean, not to be seen again for ten years. In the High Sierra, they just outright killed him. Yeah. And then this was his going away party for the Millennium series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Millennium series didn't even last that long. That was only five years. It was, yeah, it was short, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very short. Um, the film got 50% ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. That's more than King I'm, of the Monsters, isn't it? I'm surprised that many people... <laughs> 
liked that. I wonder how many people reviewed that film mm. as opposed to like King of the Monsters and other things for it to get 50% because that's quite high considering. It's quite high for a Toho movie. Yeah. It, look, let's, let's, let's try and be positive. Okay, so they are. Paul. <laughs> Paul likes this movie. So they are, they're trying to do just real monsters again, aren't they, really? They've yeah, got, so the, it's so the a alien, send-off, yeah. The aliens are coming. The, the aliens are here. They're being saviors again. But then really they're not. They're, yeah. they're going to double-cross them. Um, no sound this time, but he does do a weird thing with that MG where he's controlling them. It... I know you're saying that all the stories is just taken off Hollywood, and yeah, a lot of the action scenes with the humans are, but I think the storyline is hearts in the right place, at least. Would you agree? Well, I just made a whole point not to, but I mean, it's just the story didn't resonate. The acting, I mean, aside from Takanata, who's amazing, and I forgive, forgive me if I've mispronounced his name, he's a lovely bloke, but. Um, I just feel like the acting was pretty wooden, and it was. It, it normally is. Yeah, no, it's not. But it, it it was like watching one of the Star Wars prequels. Like you want so drastic, <laughs> you want you want so much for it to be good, and have that magic of something earlier, something that wasn't like a computer effects blown bonanza. Mm. I think the and comparison to the prequel films works because it has got so much of a higher budget. More things. Are going on, but sometimes less is more. Yeah, and it's a very cluttered film. Very cluttered, and there's just seems to be quite a few subplots going on. Like it, and not everything felt resolved. Like I didn't quite get the point of the M base as a plot line. It's like oh well, it, it's it's a way of controlling the the mutants. Yeah, it's a randomly bio- occurring biological element which gives heightened abilities or features yeah. to whatever creature it appears in. In humans, I wouldn't say that they're like Captain America level super soldier, but they're, they've certainly got more agility and more strength going about. Yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah. And then in creatures, the M base it gives them. I mean, they become kaiju, don't they? Like kaiju yeah. have the M base. Yeah. So. The only one that didn't would be Godzilla, and he is not a quote-unquote naturally occurring kaiju because he is a mutation. Yep. Okay. But, weirdly, they use mutant. They call them mutants if you have the M-base. So the mutation doesn't have the M-base. <laughs> so that was just like kind of an interesting, like, I guess you could call it a plot hole? Yeah. There's a few plot holes. A few. But then there is in all the films, I'm sure. Should we take a break, guys, and then return yeah. in a moment? Let's yes. do that. Let's take a break. Hey, everyone. This is Greg from Red Shirts and Runabouts. We're the resident Star Trek podcast as part of the Heroes Podcast Network group. If you love Star Trek and things science fiction, we're definitely the show for you. Join us as we talk about Star Trek Discovery, the new Picard show, and other ongoing content and new creations from the Star Trek universe. If you want to find us, search Red Shirts and Runabouts podcast on Apple and Google Play, and if you want to interact with us as a host, you can find us at Red Shirts Pod on Twitter. Welcome back to Kaiju Curry House. I am Joe. I am joined by Alex. Hi there. And Paul. Hey, guys. And we have been doing the bidding of our fans, and we have watched Godzilla Final Wars, which may not have been the best way to end the Millennium Series. Anyway, um, we've been going over kind of like the film's shortcomings. Um, big budget, some great action sequences, which were heavily borrowed, but great action sequences nonetheless. 
plot and acting suffer a bit. Um, we can go over the music, the score of the film. Some 41. Yeah, so some 41. <laughs> Why was, were they in it? I don't know. I don't know how that happened. A bit random. It was a bit random, but they got tapped. Some 41, um, they would have been quite contemporary for a Godzilla film. Um, there was no um, traditional Godzilla music in this uh, film. The only traditional Godzilla... Actually, we only got it briefly, but um, there are a couple guys looking after Godzilla while he's on ice. And mm. those two fellows that open up the door so that they can wake him up, they're listening to traditional Godzilla music on yeah. the radio. But there wasn't a traditional... There wasn't like a retro score here um, that we got to hear. They didn't revitalize any of the uh, previous music. Um, it was all new compo- compositions. And do you guys think it worked? No. What did you make of the end credits music? Oh, God, that was awful. Okay, so Alex is, is is getting us on a tangent here. The end credits music. <laughs> How long do you think that that went? Two or three minutes? Two it or three minutes? Looped. Oh, yeah, four, that... four minutes, 42. Was that it? YouTube reckon. Yeah, yeah all nice. right. So four minutes plus, and uh, it's... 20 seconds of audio just looped. <laughs> With some key changes. Yeah, that was it. It was very peculiar. Yeah. But it just didn't match, because that was in the film, wasn't it? Well, There's lots in the film. The, the fight music just didn't match the face of the film. No, it didn't. No, yeah, it was just, it, it was kind of like techno-y, kind of... Yeah. Like on a quite keyboard. Heavy te- quite heavy techno at some points. Yeah, I mean... It was all over. They yeah. had Because Rodan was flying along and there's some great guitar riffs going. But then it's a shame because I think one of the things that Godzilla is so strongly known for is the score. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they did drop the ball on that one. Mm. Yeah. Again, they were trying to be fresh and different and it didn't work. Well, that's just the thing. I mean, people get tired of seeing the same thing in every Godzilla film. But but what they've been essentially doing is they tried to take old elements and freshen them up. But in freshening them up, they, they, I mean, like, they've lost that old element. So, I mean, people will get tired if you do the same thing over and over again. But you can't change something ever so slightly, release a film every year or every other year. It's just kind of a regurgitation of that same formula. You have to do something out of bounds, something really strange. Shin Godzilla did that. That was, you know, a wonderful and film. That, yeah, that worked. Um, I was going to say, like, people might not always like it, but the anime Godzilla, that did something different. And for better or for worse, it was an interesting ride. While we for were sure, there. but then if Toho were to look at how well it was received, was the anime Godzilla well received? I like it. I don't know. I don't know. It seems to be a, a bit of a makes, honestly. Mm. I mean, like, it got people talking, at least, and it did something different with the character. But the point is, unless you shake that up, yeah. And I suppose the, that's a topic for a different time. Yes. Yeah, but they, I mean, you keep doing so, like you mentioned earlier, Alex, like the films were in monetary decline, like the attendance. And what they had to do is they had to pair them with anime films as a double feature. Right? Yeah, it wasn't like a hamster thing or something. I don't know about that. That was Paul's point. Um, but yeah, I think the Millennium films they were pairing up with. Yeah, they had, they had to. They had, so it was, the thing it was for kids, but. As you saw, Final Wars didn't really seem like a children's film. It didn't. People's heads pop open. There's lots of gun violence. There's blood. Um, there are some very strong curse words, which they just barely managed to edit out. Barely. Yeah, just barely. And I mean, if you're an adult, you can quite easily tell when and where those are. There are some um, 
stereotypes in there that aren't quite very that aren't really very flattering mm-hmm. i mean it really that wouldn't classify it as a kid's film um it may be like aiming at that eight nine ten eleven year old person you know because, maybe because it's randomness because it's cool you know in that sense of it but an adult probably wouldn't find it as great but it's certainly not for <laughs> it's kids not clear what the target audience is because it's too mature to be a children's film however it's too immature to be a serious Godzilla film. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it's it's not like one of the one-off Godzillas, like the one-offs being the original film, 84, Shin. Like, those are fantastic films, and you can t- clearly see that they're meant for an adult audience. Absolutely, yeah. This, how to describe? I think they were trying to please everyone. Yeah, they were trying to, I guess <laughs> they, you know, they were trying to please everyone, but when you try and please everyone, you please nobody. I think you're right. Can we talk about the dialogue from the main villains? <laughs> We're cattle. That cattle. must have been said. <laughs> what, Minimum what, ten What nines. was the point of that? Well, they're going to farm us and they're going to eat bits of us. And I thought it was great because, like, obviously your population will need to be increased. I'm like, aren't we overpopulating this planet? I mean, how many of you are there? I'm only seeing one spaceship. But, it was just, it, like, the entire third arc well like you know the final action scenes you just have like this one alien menace dude like he's kind of like the strongest the leader de facto because the other guys have you know fallen by the wayside and he keeps calling everybody cattle and it's just like dude come up with something different i like, think it change would, your dialogue it would be bit. fine if he said it once but and like, <laughs> not every and then, then maybe you reference it towards the end of the film as a comeback or something but he keeps saying it yeah Got a bit tiresome. Got a bit tiresome, that dialogue. Dialogue for the whole, at least dub version of the film, wasn't very strong. And we it's interesting because we have these rooms full of scientists and they're watching these kaiju that they know about. They're tracking them. They clearly have a response system. But there's nobody investigating why they all went nuts at the same time. I mean, King of the Monsters that we have currently, that's one of the first things that they go over, like, why are they all currently going nuts? They deduce, they figure it out, and they come up with a plan. These folks don't even like start formulating a plan. They're just all going nuts. It's just very reactive and it's very isolated. And it's like they don't really know as like an emergency center what they're up to. But I don't know. It just didn't seem that real to me. Again, this comes off as like a very mature kid's film you know, like it, it's, it's 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 a plot that's you know like geared at kids but the execution is for a much more mature audience mm. i'm just having a bit of a read now about don fry's involvement because i didn't know that much about him but um it turns out the director was a fan of don fry because he's an accomplished um ufc fighter and uh, a pro wrestler and the director liked him that much that decided to write him a character into it. So actually, oh, just, okay, why not? Basically, just write Don Fry, playing Don Fry effectively, uh, just because f- for the 50th anniversary. And it says that even the harshest critics applauded his witty presence. His witty presence? His witty presence in the I'm, film. I might have missed his, that. And his commanding screen presence. I mean, like he did command the scenes. And he like, had a when, he, when he was on there, he definitely had a presence because he stole the scene from the other folks. The other folks, I'm sure that you know, like their acting chops have improved. But again, it was just wooden. It's it's like watching 
Hayden not- Christensen try and like do the poor lines that uh <gasps> well you know he, he's I hate been a- sand <laughs> gets everywhere yeah it's coarse <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean they were not written the best dialogue and the scenes that they're in don't exactly give them a lot of depth as characters well, well this is it though is that the dub that's the issue there in terms of how wooden the acting seemed or do you think actually no the acting was just that bad in its own right I think the writing was really bad and mm. what they were given to work with the actors was not that just great just not help them yeah. yeah it didn't help them one bit because you could have a great actor but they have if they have silly kind of like bozo lines mm. it's not going to be good and you aren't going to be able to take them seriously however stern a face they make or however well they try to execute a joke you know it's just not going to work yeah fair enough costumes we'll go over the costumes a little bit they were really good they were really bad. Re- what? <laughs> oh, sorry. The people. Oh, sorry, I was thinking of the creature costumes. No, no. Okay, so the uh, outfits that everybody was wearing throughout the film, we had guys that looked like they were wearing plastic. We had jackets that looked like they were made out of plastic. We had people in Antarctica wearing <laughs> tank tops and, and shorts and short shorts, short shorts. like short shorts. short shorts, like Daisy Dukes, but they were on like. 300 pound fella and he's wearing these things and then also he's but he's wearing like really high high up socks and like these big shoes just like you are the geekiest guy i've ever seen mate but you know i, I don't feel like the wardrobe really helped this film either because no. what you think the costume planning had left a lot to be desired yeah i mean okay so I, i'm gonna pick something out here so don fry's hat well he's the captain of the gotengo mm. It's just like a goofy, like almost policeman, like retro policeman style hat. And it has no markings or anything on it. Like, why is he wearing this? And why would he put that on in an emergency? Some of the Earth Defense, um, was Federation? Is that what it's called? Earth Defense Force. Some of the Earth Defense Force looked a bit like they were SS officers. The the black... Yeah, the red red band. Yeah, the the black uniform and the red Mm. band. The uniform, I mean, on each... You know, like yeah, on both rest. both both rest of the top, but it was yeah, the, the logo had, twice. Yeah, they had the logo twice, so it was just a mirror image of it. You know, it's like, why? Why would you do that? Is there a point? I can understand it maybe being on each shoulder, you know, like on the side shoulder, but you yeah, know, like, not on the front. Do you reckon it was an action figures thing? But I haven't seen any action figures for any of these characters. No, but is that because you live in you lived in the US? Do you not think that's like we just missed them? Maybe they are in in Japan. Who knows, dude? Maybe. But I think that the costumes you didn't lend a lot. Like the mutant costumes. Like they have this body armor, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it looks plasticky. It, it, was, it look... was plastic, wasn't it? There it was, was no. Okay, it was plastic. <laughs> well, well, it, it looked cheap. It did look cheap, yeah. I mean, you kind of have, like, again, like this material on them that didn't look like it breathed very well. Mm. But. Um, it didn't look like Kevlar. It wasn't look like it was actually providing any protection. Like they're just like little nuanced things that you can add realism to a film or add credibility. And it just seemed like on a lot of levels, they weren't going for substance. They were just going for flash. Yeah. And a lot, I mean like all flash, like the motorcycle scene was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, we had a bit of crouching tiger, hidden dragon physics going on there. I mean, it's is that because they're mutants that they can do that? I don't even know if that's mutants, but the physics works a certain way. And if you plant your feet while you're holding on to a motorcycle that's going 60 miles per hour, you're going to go somewhere. 
the mic, uh, the bike's going to go through you, or you're going to go, you know, like somewhere else. But I mean, like, but the fact that he basically used his feet as brakes, yeah, he uses, yeah, and, you and know, then he skidded off from the bike. Works on a push bike. Yeah, neither one of them are wearing helmets either. That's terrible. They're mutants. Terrible health health and safety. Yeah, but I mean... And then the fact that when that one bloke jumps at the other one on the bike, and he basically does sort of like a back tail whip with his bike, like does a wheelie and then... Yeah, straight up Mission Impossible 2 there. Yeah, twats the bloke with with the back of his bike, and you think, what? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just the action sequences weren't believable. The costumes for the human characters weren't believable. The dialogue was poorly written. The actors, bless them, they couldn't really do much with it. Don Fry, I mean, like, they may say that, you know, I can't a commanding presence. He has a lot of charisma. I got to give him that. I mean, like, he was this massive dude compared to everybody else. Um, the kaiju um, suits look great. There's one... Well, actually, I guess there's two creatures in this film that were done with CGI. One was Manda, and Manda was partly done with uh, a puppet. Mm. And then there was the 98 Godzilla, which they have uh, retconned his name to Zilla in this film. And those were CGI. The rest of it was all suits. The suits looked good. The yeah. suits were fine. Suits good. The suits suit, were good. Yeah. It was, it was... By and large. Yeah, they were nice reimaginings. Um... Godzilla looked interesting. He was a hybridization of pretty much everything we've seen before. Right, fellas? Yeah. And that may not be a great thing, but, you know, oh well. Um, But again, it's just the human element was so lacking. And then we randomly are punctuated by Minya. Mila. Mila, even. It wasn't even Minya. It was Mila. They they renamed that thing again. Son of Godzilla. Yeah, Son of Godzilla, yet again. And it's just punctuated with that, but that really adds no substance to the story. Like, they could have completely gotten that out, saved money on that costume, put it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And they could have just had Godzilla walk away at the end rather than Mila, you know, doing it. Jog after him. Yeah, jog after him. Oh, my lord. That's another thing. Like, <laughs> you had best part of six minutes of footage of uh, Miller. It, it, there wasn't much of it, but it was still wasted time. More than it was wasted time that was jarring. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So, fun fact um, for those of you who noticed that Hedra was not in a lot of this film. If you watch the credits, there's actually a fairly yes. decent scene of Hedra destroying Tokyo. And it's using its smog breath, like, the whole nine yards, and you're just thinking... But then it, it's, it just doesn't make sense. No. I yeah. don't know why that wasn't in there. Yeah, why wasn't that in there? Because all the other monsters, we got to see them, you know, trashing exactly. their respective towns. But Hedera, no. Hmm. Well. So, to wrap up our review of this film, what would you give it out of ten? So when I ask my first I'm, I'm I'm trying to think how... One Oxygen wow. Destroyer out of ten. Wow. I did not like this film. That much? Well, that, that little... You, you, one out of ten. I like Godzilla's Revenge more than I like this film. Oof. Blimey. It just had nothing to offer me. I like, I like plot, I like human acting element, and I think that it needs to complement whatever monster fights you have, otherwise you're not going to be invested in the film. I, I would typically give it three out of ten. However, I found watching it with the two of you, having a couple <laughs> of drinks, laughing about it, five out of ten. It became a bit of an enjoyable laugh. It was very much a social film to watch. Yeah. 
Um, I guess I'd say six, I think. Super fan par. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't see it as bad, honestly. That's fine. That's what (laughs) makes this interesting. Yeah. I mean, I know you say, oh, the the acting's bad and the dialogue's bad, but I found that in quite a lot of kaiju films that I've watched. I mean, you can hardly say that many kaiju films have good scripting. Yeah. It's got... I know it's, it's it's borrowed from the school of Michael Bay. All the explosions, mm-hmm. um, monsters destroying cities. Yes, there is far too much of the word cattle. There is some ridiculous scenes, but if they if they could cut it down a bit, mm. get rid of some of those human and alien scenes, I think it would be a pretty damn good film. Yeah, I mean, it is it is far too cluttered, and they need to just they they needed to revamp some of that stuff. The editing isn't fantastic. It is a fantastic. So anyways, if nothing else, gents, Alex, let's start with you. <laughs> wow. John, let's start with you. Nothing on cattle, Alex? <laughs> if nothing else, watch Godzilla Final Wars just so that you can marvel at the Hammy overacting from the villain, <laughs> and that 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 was genuinely his laugh, wasn't it? That was genuinely. I mean, his there were several points when he was on the floor because he gets battered by that other mutant, the good mutant, and he's lying on the ground dying, and he sort of does the whole "I'm going to self destruct this building," and just lies there. <laughs> Predator did it better, dude. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Predator did the death <laughs> laugh much better. Um, that, that wasn't a serious answer. Um, I'm not sure. No, uh, no. If nothing else, watch Godzilla: Final Wars, but with <laughs> friends. Yes. No, make a social evening of it. That would be my advice. Watch it with some friends and kind of treat it as a so bad it's good film for the night. That would be my advice. There. Very sound advice there. Yeah, because yeah, if, if if you like the film, great. And if you don't, you can have a laugh. I got far more out of it watching it. This this is the third time I've seen it. And both the first and second time I watched them by myself. And I kept stopping and starting it and going, oh, this is bad. But watching it this time, I thoroughly enjoyed it as social. Good. There you go. Okay. Um, well, this film seems... Well, I would say it seems to have a lot of hate, but we say it got 50%, was it, on... on Tomato. So but how many people reviewed it? That's the very question. divisive. But um, I, for one, and I'm sure many of the listeners have probably realised that the Showa box set by Criterion is now out for pre-order. So if nothing else, I'd say go show your support for Godzilla and pre-order that Blu-ray box set. It is even available in the UK, ladies yes, and gentlemen. Yes, there is a UK. A big thing. Because UK a lot release. of these films Massive have not film. gotten UK releases, yeah. and it's on Blu-ray. At the moment, it's stacking up to be £10 per movie, £15 right? pounds a film. Oh, £15 pounds a film? Yeah, 10 That's... films, £150. Oh, there we go. <sighs> big investment. But it looks nice. If looks nice, you nice. pre-order off Zoom, and you type in the promotional code in capital letters sign up 10 you will get 10% off and it becomes 135 there we go bargain hunter before we go can I play some of the ending credits music I haven't done if mine nothing else oh, you're so keen on this credit music 
Um, my, if nothing else, I am going to recommend um, a documentary that I saw relatively recently. And uh, it's called Ray Harryhausen Special Effects Titan. Uh, it has a bunch of contemporary special effects wizards from ILM, Stan Winston, directors, just names in the industry. You know, if you like creature features or science fiction, they basically go on about uh, how Ray Harryhausen helped inspire them. It has interviews with Ray Harryhausen, um, his life, what he did, his models, his techniques. It's a fantastic watch. And uh, I highly recommend it. You can get it on DVD, Blu-ray. I think it's on Amazon Prime as well. But totally worth a watch. And uh, it's great to just see how some really classic films were made. Thank you for that. All right, Alex. Lighting yourself out. Yeah, thank you. This music seriously was five minutes of our life that we'll never get back. <laughs> yeah, oh, Let's see what I can got here. And now Alex is going to punish you with it. <laughs> well, folks, anyways, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Kaiju Curry House. Uh, we'll have to do another poll again soon. But uh, have a good night from us. Kaiju Curry House is part of the Heroes Podcast Network and produced by UK Kaiju with music by Flying Killer Robots. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe at heroespodcast.com or on the various podcast services such as Apple iTunes, Google Play, or just about any podcast app. If you want to get involved with the show, please tweet us at UKKaiju, and check out ukkaiju.com for the latest news, events, and kaiju thoughts from all of us. Thanks for listening. I'll be able to air this for that long. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> well, that was awful, wasn't it? And he just repeated over and over again. And again. <laughs> for the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Configuring the Bluetooth, deciding who controls the music, avoiding potholes, remembering where you parked. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with Auto Owners Insurance, getting the right coverage for your vehicle doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who live in your community and answer when you call, so you can get back to more important things, like remembering if you're on the third or fourth level of the parking garage. That's simple human sense. Ask your independent agent if Auto Owners makes sense for you.